eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He's also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And... He is, he is a happy man today, but he's also a sad man today, I feel like. Happy because he gets his padded practice, but also sad because he knows it's one of the very few, maybe the only one, that, that we're going to get while we're here. What's tomorrow's situation looking like? I don't, on? I don't know. Wednesday's a walkthrough. Friday's a walkthrough. And Tuesday and Thursday are practices, but I don't know if they're going to be in pads those days or not. I'd like to believe that the coach would put him in pads, wouldn't you think, uh, back-to-back? I would sure hope so, but yeah. I mean, th- this coach has uh, surprised me before. Uh, we did get our very first padded practice of camp on Monday. Uh, that's when we're recording this podcast here on Monday night. And Brian, I know uh, you were out there for much of it. And, I was. Uh, any any big overwhelming takeaways? What what's the big shining example to you? What what are you looking at as the headline? Because this is always an interesting time. Because when the pads come on, two things usually happen: guys who have maybe impressed us the first few days, Mm -hmm. kind of disappear, and then some guys who didn't flash much at all, all of a sudden the pads come on and they level up a little bit and and their skill set shows up a little bit more. So what were some of the headlines for you coming out of this one? Did you see the quarterback throwing the ball today? Uh, I did. Dak Prescott? I did. I kind of felt like today was one of those days. He did have the interception in the middle of the field to Malik Hooker, what was down really the left sidelines is what he – and it's kind of like to me he was like he was maybe – Trying to throw it away or just give up on the play, and I, I think that's it, it, Deshaun Wright's interception as much as yeah, it was Hooker's. Yeah. Deshaun Wright had Cooks just pinned. I know that, bit, but you know Cooks, the receivers. I felt overall probably had a pretty good day today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really liked what uh, you know what you were, what even when you know with Turpin made a couple yeah. of plays uh, today. Cooks, you know, under the route again. I talked about that interception stuff like that, but. There was one time where Cooks ran between it was Curse and Hooker couldn't carry him, and he ran through and Dak hit him. Felt like Dak threw the ball well underneath. I thought the th- throws they had to make underneath I thought were pretty good today. Didn't feel like that he was really kind of struggling in, with any of his throws. 
Um, I watched the uh, in the nine on seven, which is a complete run period. I was watching the offensive line. It was the first offensive line versus like twos and threes of defense. Yeah. And it wasn't a very pretty scene uh, for the defensive linemen or the front seven. And they really, really struggled. I know Osa was in there one time. He was able to make a play. I don't think he was in there initially when they when they ran um, when they were doing the run. Uh, you know that nine on seven period. So I felt like the offensive line got the best of those guys in that first period. I kind of felt like too there was some struggle at the the two linebackers. Devin Harper was in there, and then also though with J- uh, Jabril Cox. So both those guys got it, got caught up in some stuff. Um, you know, it looked like to me that there was there was some physicality coming off the ball. Uh, you could tell the pad levels and stuff like that. Defense just quite wasn't where it needed to be. I know there was one time where um, Chauncey Golston made a, actually made a nice play. So Osa Golston, but everything else was kind of a one of those, uh, you know, where you felt like that maybe the offensive line coming off the ball was able to get the best in that nine on seven. There was some gaps, there was some creases, and uh, it, 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 the defense just wasn't winning like what the offensive line was. No, and you're right about that, and that's why it was so stunning to me why, uh, you know, at the end of practice when they got in those third and fourth down situations yeah. they were practicing, the defensive line, then they took over. The pass rush took over, yeah. and it completely flipped and became a dominant period for the pass rush, particularly Micah Parsons, yeah. who hit Tyron Smith with the old Reggie White hump move, move yeah. and knocked him on the ground. You know what? Somebody asked me about that during the you know the show uh, on 105.3 The Fan about you know, how did Tyron look, and I couldn't – I know that Parsons had a couple of different pressures, and I didn't remember from what side they were. And then you showed me the clip of Tyron Smith, and I'm like, holy jeez. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. But that that right there, uh, it tells you a lot about the power that, that Micah. Now, I'll say this about Tyron Smith. When Tyron Smith has had problems as a blocker, it's when he gets on one leg. Yeah. You know, and it was clear that he set wide to get – to Parsons, but Parsons was able to, and, and, and Tyrus had a history where the rush comes inside, he can't push off his left foot and get back inside fast enough. So yeah. he really was a one-legged football player, and Parsons did a great job of when the weight transferred from the right to the left, he just, like you said, he hump-moved him, and then he was able to get in on the, on the side. There was a couple of times on some pressures where Dak was just had to run the football, just get out of trouble. Just you know, it wasn't like it was more like he was running more pissed off than he was. Okay, I've got a purpose to go run here. I've got a, I'm just I can't find anybody downfield, so I'm just going to run the ball here. Yeah, no, I, that, that was the exact way that I had viewed it. It was, it was just almost a little bit more out of frustration. It was a lot of frustration with that. A lot of frustration. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's. Funny, I was, I was watching today, and I know one of the things that we were looking out for, you mentioned the receivers uh, a second ago. I know one of the things that we were going to look out for was, you know, when pads came on last year, Jalen Tolbert struggled. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert didn't have a big day today, but Jalen Tolbert made a couple of nice catches over the middle of the field. Right. Uh, there was one where he got clotheslined by Devin Harper after catching the ball, but he, 
He caught it. He wasn't afraid to go in there, take the contact. So I was at least encouraged that Jalen Tolbert didn't completely wilt today like we had seen last year. Yeah, this time last year, everything with Jalen Tolbert was like body catching. Everything was real tight because he wasn't getting separation. I don't think he really knew what he was doing assignment-wise. So all of a sudden now you're running assignments. You think you're in the right spot. Maybe I'm not in the right spot. Now ball comes your direction. You're trying to body catch, and then that gave the defenders opportunities. We're seeing Jalen Tolbert extend his hands a lot yep. more in these, uh, you know, because I made a purpose to watch the receivers in pre-practice up on the platform, you know, and they're doing a really good job of working on trying to extend that the, the routes, making sure that the, when they plant, they explode, and then they're able to extend when the ball comes their direction. And- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Other receiver, uh, the guy that I think may have had the practice of the day, the guy that really Turpin? stood out to me today. No, no, no. We'll, we'll talk about Turp here in just a sec. But uh, the guy that stood out to me was Jalen Brooks, the yeah. seventh-round receiver. That that was something that, you know, we we hadn't watched Brooks during the draft process. That was one of the guys that we had missed. And when they picked him, I know we both went back and watched him. We came yeah. away, we were like, man, he fights for the football. He will do that. He, right. he shows toughness. And you saw that again today. He's very tough. He's got a good catch radius. He's somebody who I thought one of the things you saw a lot today was he's he's pretty savvy with some of that hand fighting with the DBs a, a, along his route. And, uh, you know, he shows really good hands, uh, an ability to work back to the football. He shows a good catch radius. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's he was somebody that I think was really impressive today, made a lot of plays, and somebody that, you know, we're hearing Dak Prescott, and I'll touch on this again here in just a second, but we're hearing Dak Prescott, I feel like, more vocal during these practices than in years past. And he was consistently throughout the practice just calling out, you know, that's how you do it, 8-3, way to go, 8-3. He he seemed to be really high on what Jalen Brooks was doing today. Well, you hope that what happens with Jalen Brooks that he continues because there's some things in the the, – the, the practices that were leading up to the padded practice today where he was making some catches in these practices. You know, so you were seeing with the routes. Uh, there was uh, in the um, two-minute drill the other day with, uh, with uh, Cooper Rush, he had back-to-back first downs that he was able to. And you watch him play at South Carolina, a lot of his routes were underneath. Yeah. Were a lot of drives, arrows. Things where he where he's running really fast, and you know you have to be almost fearless playing that way, catching the ball. You know Spencer Rattler underneath, running after catch and stuff like that. So, you know it, it's good to see him kind of carry some of that over. Which you always worry about with these rookie wide receivers is when they keep adding more weight to the wagon. Are you able to keep up? Are your legs sore and tired from all the running you're doing? How is that like, you know, how will that, you know, are you going to f- find a way to hit that wall? And as long as he as long as long he maintains what he's doing right now, I think he's done uh, well enough to where, you know, he's ca- catching people's eyes for sure. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Simi Fajoko, but, I mean, I think, honestly, just given what we'd seen through some of the early practices, and then especially today when the pads came on, to me, 
Jalen Brooks has had a better camp to this point than Simi Fajoko. I've noticed him far more. The one thing I noticed about Simi Fajoko was the interception that clanged off him the other day. Yeah. And other than that, I really can't say there's much other than, too, that he he's like his uh, receiver brothers that wear the one tight and the other tight's cut. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Simi Fajoko needs to do something other than fashion statements. He needs to go out there and make some plays. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, I just mentioned there uh, a few seconds ago about – Dak chirping a little bit, talking to uh, talking to Jalen Brooks, and it's interesting. We we noticed a big line here, and we can talk about some of this here in, in a second. Uh, what C.D. Lamb had to say about the communication and things like that in the interview we did with him on 105 through the fan, but you know, communication has been such a big talking point for the Cowboys over the last, gosh, I don't know. Um, nine months or so middle of last year communication became a, a highlight point for them it's something that they've really focused on this offseason and Dak Prescott has always been vocal you always see him talking to guys but you usually cannot hear him at practice right. he's usually not so vocal that I can hear what he's saying uh that's that's changed this offseason I can hear the things that he's saying to guys for the first time where he's really kind of taken a commanding presence uh, we've talked before about you know, during OTAs when he was instructing Jake Ferguson on how to turn. And Jake Ferguson told us, you know, yeah, he I remember that vividly how he said it was the best possible way that he was getting on me. But, you know, I told you about the other day he was doing drills, throwing passes, uh, doing routes, and he had to stop down and tell Kevontae Turpin. He said that is a tight 16. It's yeah. 16, Turpin. It's not 15. It is yeah. 16. Yeah. And, and had to really get on him with that. Today I noticed he was out there throwing to the tight ends and – three consecutive routes in a row uh, thrown to the tight ends. Princeton Fant, the rookie from Tennessee, the undrafted free agent rookie tight end. Dak was was on him a little bit yeah. and, and told him, he, he said, you know, come on, I need more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, need you, I need you to run through that. And told him, like, come on, I need you to finish this. Mm-hmm. At one point, he, he made this kind of one-handed catch, and he said, two hands, Fant, two hands. Mm-hmm. He said, this is it. This, doing this, this is how you make bad habits. And well, so that's he's, the problem. He's and very do you, but do you blame him? No, 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 not. I mean, no. I mean, that's what I I'm saying. It. I mean, I don't blame Dak Prescott at all for talking about communication. I thought the interview you guys did with Ceedee Lamb was outstanding. Talking about Dak, I think that Dak's to the point that he does not want to take, continue to have to take blame for mistakes that are made in routes or with technique. You know, he wants everybody to know. Listen. Hey, you know, two hands fan or the uh, Turpin run it. That you know, it's not fifteen; it's sixteen. I'm gonna throw the ball to sixteen if you're not there. I, I think this is the time where Dak Prescott has just had enough. I think he's had enough of like, you know, if I'm gonna sit there and get interceptions pinned on me because you guys aren't running the right routes or you're not playing with the right technique, that's gonna be on you. That's not gonna be on me anymore. Yeah. I, I I spent the last year taking the heat and CeeDee Lamb even told you guys that it was a lot of it was on you know it was a lot of it was on the on the receivers and some of the routes that they ran yeah I mean CD took blame he took blame for and two so, himself and, yeah and Dak was I think Dak was to the point where he just he's you know he's going to throw some picks but you know it's is it on him we'll see but he's not going to allow these guys to let balls clang off them or run sloppy routes. He's just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think that it's anything where 
we're we're getting an angrier Dak or anything. No, I, I but think, he's I think tired he just, of he's tired of standing up there and having to answer your questions about throwing interceptions in games. Yeah, I, and I think he's he's somebody who. These, this has always been the standard, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's any different. I think he's just coming into that that comfort, that that voice that we see so many quarterbacks come well, into about this point in their career. Like, you well, know, he's you, always, but the leadership part. He's I always mean, but, commanded the huddle. Right. But you're talking about actually hearing him more. Yeah. And I, and I, I just go back to every week him having to stand there and answer for, hey, I've got to be better. I've got to be better today. Well, no. How about CD, you have to be better. And Michael Gallup, you have to be better. And Dalton Schultz, you had to be better. You know, I mean, those, I think that's that point now where he's like, okay, you know, the, the offensive coordinator is gone. I mean, as far as Kellen Moore, gone. So now it's like, okay, well, we'll see with Brian Schottenheimer and Mike and how they handle things. But, you know, if, if we're going to believe CD Lamb, which we probably will, Dak Prescott has has a big investment in what's going on with this offense, as far as how it's going to look and how it's going to uh, the plays that are going to be run. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 